0: Good morning, the Bible reading is taken from Ephesians 4, verses 17 to 32, and it can be found in the Church Bible on page 1110. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of your thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they are given themselves over to sensuality as to indulge in every kind of impurity. They are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to the former way of life to put off your old self which is being cor- corrupted in the deceitful desires to be made new new in the attitude of your minds and to be put and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body in your anger do not sin Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Those who have been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up in accordance to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other in Christ God. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Wonderful. Okay, so... Um Uh, confession I'm not feeling 100% today so uh, I've got various uh, visual illustrations that are hopefully going to enliven my my talk okay so just be prepared for those Um, but the first thing I need is I need someone uh, to blow up this globe uh, for me. Thank you. So, uh, for those of you who haven't been uh, here over the last few weeks, we've been looking through uh, this series on uh, Ephesians, Uh, and uh, as we've been going through Ephesians, the first three chapters of Ephesians are all about um, theory, they're all about uh, identity, we've been looking at loads of stuff, I've been saying good morning saints uh, each time I've been preaching, I forgot to do that this morning, sorry, good morning saints, oh it's one past twelve, good afternoon saints, okay. Um, So, uh, we've been looking at uh, lots of theory, but when you get to the second half of the book of Ephesians, it's all about uh, kind of practical uh, stuff. And we began that last week. Uh, Chapter 4 in Ephesians, verse 1, says this. Uh, It says, uh, uh, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Live a life worthy. So, uh, from last week uh, onwards, including this week, uh, we're beginning to look at that topic. What does it mean to live a life worthy of... Of uh, the calling we've received, you keep hold of that for a moment, Ruth. That'd be great. Thank you. Um, so uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, that's what we're doing this week. Uh, and uh, the overall message from uh, the, the, the talk this week uh, and from um, from the passage this week is: we need to have our minds renewed. Okay, we need to have our minds completely. Uh, renew There's a famous verse in uh, Romans 12, if you put the slide up. Um, "We must renew our minds. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but instead be transformed by the renewing of your mind." Uh, and this passage has got a whole load of, uh, of that sort of thing in. Uh, it begins uh, in the first part, talking about how we once lived, in the futility of our thinking, uh, in verse 18, that people were darkened in their understanding and living in ignorance. But now, uh, instead of that, ins- we should be living in a different way. We should be transformed in the attitude of our mind. We should uh, learn what Jesus has, uh, has taught us when we heard about Christ. Uh, so, hold on, having our minds transformed. Now, just to give you a bit of an example of this, uh, this sort of thing, I want to talk about a paradigm shift. Okay, I don't know if you know, if you've heard that expression before, what a paradigm shift is. A paradigm shift is um, a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. It's that moment when you go, oh yeah, oh yeah, I now get that, oh yeah, that now makes sense. Okay, now I want to explain to you, uh, when I think of paradigm shift and first understanding something, um, I want to explain to you uh, uh, an example of that for me. if I could have the, uh, the globe back. Thank you very much. Now, um, as I was thinking about this, and I, I talked with Anna about this uh, yesterday, um, as, as you, might, you might know this or not, that Anna, my wife, is my sort of uh, sermon editor, um, usually on a Saturday evening, uh, and so I was talking about this, and uh, I realised that this example uh, might appeal to about 3% of the people here, okay? Uh, And 97% of you are going to say, Graham, that didn't help me at all. Okay, but for those 3%, I'm going to go for it, all right? So given, I don't know, there's about 100 people here, that's three of you who are going to enjoy this. Okay, so um, uh, just an example of when I had a sort of paradigm shift, okay, was all to do with when I learnt how satellites are powered, okay? I don't know what year I was at school. I think I was year nine. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, uh, I, I always thought that when satellites went around the Earth, I thought they had little engines in them, you know, and made them kind of fly around or, or something. But actually, I learned that actually that wasn't the case, uh, that instead uh, they kind of just, they, they, they go around. They're forever falling uh, around the Earth, and, uh, and as they're forever falling around the Earth, they're not powered at all. They're actually orbiting around. And they use this example. Okay, you're still with me. They okay. used an example of firing a gun, that if you were to stand somewhere and you fired a gun, a bullet would come out and it would slowly, slowly, slowly fall down and it would land, you know, as gravity pulled it down, I don't know, however many metres away, 200, 300 <laughs> metres away. And they said, imagine going and standing on the top of Mount Everest and firing this gun, okay? It would go considerably further, but it would keep going, keep going, keep going and just slowly start falling. So you'd imagine if you had Mount Everest here on top, it would fall, 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 fall and probably land about here around round the side or something. Now imagine you had uh, a mountain 10 times higher than Mount Everest, so maybe this high, and you fired a gun off the top. If you fired a gun, the bullet would probably go around, would keep falling, keep falling, keep falling, and it would just keep going round. And it would keep going round. If you're unlucky, it would hit you in the back of the head if it made it all around the Earth. Um, But it would just keep going round and keep going round. And there was no power in it. There's no power in a bullet. It just keeps on going round. And that is what orbiting is. I remember being told this at school and being like, "Mm, that's amazing. I never believed that. I went home and I told my family about this, and I told various other people about it, and no one else was interested. <laughs> Unsurprisingly. Now I'm looking particularly at Toby here because Toby is a physics uh, secondary school teacher. Is that a good enough explanation? You think It'll I've done? Do. It'll do. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything I've missed out? You Just need to get it to a certain speed. Just needs to get to a certain speed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And if it's too high, it will... Yeah, yeah. Let's have a chat about this afterwards. This sounds great. I want to know what speed it has to be to be a geostationary satellite as well. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that's, my exa- that's for me my example of uh, what it might mean uh, to have a paradigm shift, a change in your thinking. I wonder if you can think of an example in your life when at some point you've gone, oh, yeah, oh, that's how it goes. Ah, yeah, okay. And that, that change is exactly what Paul is asking of us when we think about how to live in light of our new identity in Christ. Okay so that's one image the other image he uses and i guess a key verse here uh, if you've got your bibles in front of you or i should say if any of you have got your booklets in front of you with ephesians uh, in and um, another key part is verse 22 it says this you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. He uses the image of clothing here. And uh, the image of clothing uh, that he uses is of, uh, I guess, uh, a cloak. Uh, And he says, actually, in, in terms of your former way of life, you need to take off your former, if you like, cloak, your former coat, and you need to put on the new cloak that you have been given By the transforming of uh, your mind, Um, clothing is such a. It it goes when you when you begin thinking about clothing, it goes all throughout Scripture that actually the clothing that you're wearing, um, uh, it it represents uh, status or lack of status, it represents wealth or lack of wealth, it represents uh, significance or even lack of significance. If you think about just off the top of your heads i'm sure you can think of a number of different things to do with clothing whether it's joseph and his technicolor dream coat and the status and the significance he got and which his brothers hated or whether the story of the prodigal son coming back to his father one of the things that his father did was put the best robe on him to show his reinstatement in significance or even jesus being stripped naked and crucified and the sort of lack of significance they wanted to represent in him. Clothing goes throughout Scripture, and we may even be doing a whole sermon series on clothing in the Bible next term. Watch this space. See what see what happens. A whole sermon on, on a whole series on clothing. But in this passage, it talks about our old self. It says, "Take off your old self and put on your new self." This is um, this is Anna's old coat. Um, I couldn't find my old coat. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't couldn't find it. I chatted with Anna about it. I said, where's my old coat? And she said that she'd cut it up and turned it into gloves for the kids. (laughs) Anyway, so that's what happened to my old coat. I have a vague memory of her asking me about that. But anyway, so this is Anna's old coat, which is not very waterproof. I wouldn't recommend uh, going out in the rain in it. And um, it's kind of become one of those sort of old coats that you use for gardening or painting or whatever. So that's Anna's old coat. But over here, we've got Anna's new coat, which is uh, very lightweight, uh, Cheshire Oaks special from North Face. Um, can easily be scrunched up, put in your bag, and very, very uh, waterproof. Uh, and what Paul says is, take off the old and put on the new. Take off the old and put on uh, the new. An important thing about this, though, is taking off the old and putting on the new does not make you a Christian. Taking off the old and putting on the new does not make you a Christian. We're told that we are saints already. We are made uh, made new by grace. And therefore, in light of that, in light of that being made new, we are to take off the old and put on uh, the new. You see, the danger is that otherwise we hear what it means to take off the old and put on the new. We think that makes us a Christian. And all of a sudden we're into a gospel of works that says you need to do this stuff to be a Christian, which is not true. Rather, it says, actually, given how you, given you are a child of God and a saint, this is how you are to live. Um, my, uh, at my school, uh, um, we was, I went to a school where you had to wear school uniform all the way through into sixth form. Um, uh, well, almost all the way through. When you got to the upper sixth at the school I was at, you were allowed, if you're a guy, you were allowed to wear a suit. Okay. So you had to wear school uniform all the way through, but into upper sixth form, you were allowed to wear a suit. Now, because of that, everybody in upper sixth form wore a suit. Okay, because it showed that you were in the upper sixth form. Yes, I'm in the upper sixth form because I'm wearing uh, a suit. Um, everyone that is, uh, apart from uh, my brother-in-law. Uh, I was at school with, um, with uh, Anna, my wife's brother, and uh, he decided he wasn't going to wear a suit uh, in the upper sixth form, um, which was a-, a little bit awkward. Uh, he got some slightly funny looks. It meant that no one knew whether he was in the upper sixth or not. Uh, he was quite short, so everyone assumed that uh, he was uh, maybe doing GC- GCSEs or something. And uh, he al- anyway, always got a little bit awkward. Um, the fact that he didn't wear a suit didn't mean that he wasn't in the upper sixth. It just meant you couldn't tell if he was or not. And it's the same thing for us as Christians. If you have Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then you are a Christian. But actually, unless you make this change between taking off the old and putting on the new, maybe no one else will know that you're a Christian. And we're called as part of our uh, honoring and glorifying God to live a life worthy of our calling. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's the sort of uh, introduction to the stuff he uses These images of renewing our minds, there's the globe, of the old self and the new self. And then, I don't know if you noticed in the reading, Paul goes on to list a number of different areas where he kind of uses examples of how this might uh, affect our lives. He uses the example, uh, which we're going to go through, of truth, anger, theft, Speech, and then kind of has a miscellaneous list at the end, okay, and we 're just going to go through uh, each of them now, uh, again, I just need um, to make it a little bit more uh, I don't know interesting whatever i 'd like. I was wondering if someone would be happy to uh, wear this coat for me did someone say yes? great, here you go. Uh, say where you are that 's fine, but at various points i 'm going to get you to stand up and say. I'm wearing this old coat. Okay, great. I need need someone who's happy to wear uh, the new coat. Someone on this side, maybe. Anyone interested? Yes, well done. It might be a bit small. That's okay. Don't worry about that. And I need someone to have the globe as well. Toby, would you like the globe? Here we go. Okay, great. Great. So he goes through this list of five things, okay? First, and on each of these things, each of these things, he mentions these three things. Firstly, the old self, secondly, the new self, and thirdly, how to renew our minds in this area, okay? So we're going to go through these. First of all, truth. Verse 25 says this, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body okay so old self would you mind standing up old self is uh we're speaking falsely people saying things that are not true okay do you want to sit down new self is instead of speaking falsely speaking truthfully to our neighbor and we'll come to renewing our mind in a moment first thing that Paul says is actually being part of a new self is speaking the truth. See, he knew that any community where truth was not spoken actually would begin to very quickly fall apart. Truth-telling is the bedrock of a community. If you don't tell the truth... Well, actually, or what's real. Then others don't know what's real. They can't make good decisions because they don't know what the reality is. And I don't know if you've ever found out that someone said something and that hasn't been the case. And all of a sudden, it just breaks your relationship very quickly. Because you're then saying, well, if they say something else, I don't know if that's true or if that's not true. I just, you know, I don't know what reality is anymore. So he's saying, speak truthfully. But then he goes on to say, and this is the renewing of your mind. So Toby, if you'd like to stand up, sorry. He says, the renewing of your mind bit is this. At the end of it, he says, "Because we are all members of one body, We're all members of one body. Imagine being the member, being part of a body where the parts of your body lied to each other. Imagine if your hand didn't tell your brain that uh, it was hurting, or your stomach didn't uh, provided false information to your mouth to say that it was full, or imagine if your bowels didn't tell you you needed to relieve yourself." Just imagine, like, very quickly your body and everything would break down. In fact, actually, that in some ways is what leprosy is and, and was, uh, that actually you did your senses don't stop working and they start providing wrong information to your brain and if you cut your finger you don't know about it and so things start to go wrong and bits of your body start to fall off. He's, Paul says, no, we need to speak the truth to each other. Great, thank you, Toby. I'll have the globe back for a moment. I'll pass it to someone else. Would someone else like the globe? Catch Thanks, Matthew. So that's number one, truth. Number two, anger. Verse 26. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on you while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. So, old self, anger leading to sin. New self, anger leading is checked. Okay, thank you. So uh, old self, anger leads to sin. New self, anger is checked. One of the things that's interesting here is that it doesn't say don't get angry. In fact, John Stott uh, on this passage, uh, when he's uh, commenta- comment, uh, commentating commentary on it, says that actually there are some occasions where Christians need to get more angry about a situation, whether it's injustices like modern-day slavery or um, people, people who are vulnerable being treated uh, in the wrong way. It doesn't say don't get angry. Instead, it says watch your anger. Watch your anger. And actually, we've got examples in the Bible of God getting angry, of Jesus getting angry, but the phrase that often goes with it is that God is slow to anger. One of the things about anger is that anger, if, goes, if it goes unchecked, can often explode into a whole load of different areas of our life. And that's where he says we need to renew our minds. Matthew, would you mind standing up with your globe? So old self is anger leading to sin. New self is anger that was watched, that's that's checked. And we need to renew our minds because we don't want to give the devil a foothold. You hear that passage there? You think, that's a bit odd. What does that mean? That's because anger, as I said, often sprawls out into other areas of our life. How often is it when someone gets angry and does something that later they regret? either something they say they regret or maybe something that they do that they regret you only need to look at maybe you know, sport and various different things that happen after matches, uh, managers arguing uh, with each other and then later the next day having to say, oh I'm really sorry, didn't mean to do that or uh, other things going on oh I'm really sorry, didn't mean to do that and the thing is the devil gets a foothold in our life and leads to other things if we leave anger unchecked okay, does that make sense great, thank you Matthew, do you want to throw the ball over there somewhere So that's anger, number one. Truth, sorry, sorry, no, sorry. Truth, number one. Anger, uh, number two. Number three, theft. Any, verse 28, anyone who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Our old self is uh, stealing. If you are stealing, it says that's your old self, you need to take that off. Great. And new self is rather than stealing, is working, doing something useful with your hands. Thank you. Old self, stealing, new self, doing something useful. It's interesting it mentions particularly hands, doing something useful with your hands, because in that way, stealing would have been something you would have done with your hands. So it's saying rather than doing something destructive with your hands, why don't you do something constructive with your hands, working, Why working? Because the renewing of our minds... I don't know who's got the globe. Or is it awkwardly balanced between two people? Thank you, Joe. The renewing of our minds is not so that we can just not impact other people, but rather so we can share with other people and be a blessing to other people. It's really interesting. Paul, again, changes people's mindset. He says, don't just not steal because it's bad. Do it, actually, if you're working, you can bless other people Around you. Now you may say, do you know what, I'm not stealing actually. That's not something that really uh, happens uh, in my life. But you may still need your mind to be renewed. Paul shifts an emphasis back onto other people. I know that uh, for me, sometimes I have to do that. Um, if, uh, if I'm paying tax, for example. Uh, I don't know uh, how many of you are aware of kind of the taxes uh, that you're paying. It always frustrates me uh, when you get a, a bill for something, um, or you say, oh, it's going to cost this much. Oh, and you've got to add VAT on top as well. And you're like, oh, all right, an extra 20%. Or, um, or, or you're thinking you, kind of, you get income and then they take tax off. You're like, oh, I've got to pay tax for that, or car tax, or road tax, or whatever it might be, whatever it might be that you're having to end up paying, uh, paying tax on. And it's kind of frustrating. And, but I, sometimes I have to find myself just changing my mindset and saying, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. The tax that I'm paying, it's not just going into a black hole somewhere. I'm getting the benefit of the tax that I'm paying. I get to go to a if I need to. At hospital. Uh, it's paying for the roads that I'm driving on. It's paying for the lights on the street. It's paying, uh, hopefully, for, um, for those who are vulnerable in society to be able to give them things that will help them live well. Hopefully, it's being a blessing to other people. Now, Just to say, obviously, there's nothing wrong with debating about how much tax we're paying and what it's being spent on and uh, whether we think that's right or not. But actually, it was a good thing for me just to change my mindset. Renew your minds. And actually, if we are unfairly swindling uh, the taxman out of what uh, they deserve, in some ways, we're stealing. Not just from the government, but we're stealing from those in our community around us who would benefit from that tax uh, that we would pay. It's the same for church, actually, as well. I think sometimes people say, well, I'm not sure I want to give to church because I'm not sure where it goes or it seems to go kind of into this ether somewhere. But actually, the money that many of you kindly give to church goes towards providing everything that we have here, the lighting, the heating, the tea and coffee, um, having me here, having our interns, a whole load of different stuff. That's That's where the money goes. And hopefully, well, it does go to this, blessing other people. We give a certain amount of money away and various things we run like the drop-in and our student ministry and things like that. Hopefully we're blessing other people. Again, changing our mindset. So that's the old self, the new self, and renewing our mind. Okay, you're still with me? Two more to go. Speech. Okay, speech. Verse 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it might benefit those who listen. Our old self, yes, our old self has unwholesome talk. Our new self says actually don't use unwholesome talk. Instead, only use speech that is helpful. Thank you. Our words are hugely powerful. The book of James, uh, as I'm sure many of you know, talks about the power of our words, the power of our tongues, and how tough it is to tame them. Is your speech regularly critical or rude or derogatory or complaining or (coughs) grumbling? This is a challenge for us in how we use our words. Joe, do you want to throw the globe to somebody? Heads. Thanks, Sandy. Instead, we're told, do you want to stand up, Andy? Instead, we're told to renew our minds. It says here, build up that your speech may not be like that, but instead it may benefit those who listen. One of the things uh, we did at uh, Worship at Seven uh, last week uh, was uh, Will Houston uh, was speaking, and he was speaking about us being the body of Christ and the importance of blessing one another and encouraging one another. Um, And uh, as part of a response, I got us to think about those who'd gone before us who had blessed us and also those who were coming after us who we wanted to encourage uh, in their walks. I got people to think about those people, and then I got people to pull out their phones, uh, find the phone numbers of the people who they'd just thought about, and text them to say, thank you. Thank you for, if they've gone before us, thank you for the blessings that you've been in my life and for those coming afterwards uh, to say, I just want to encourage you in your walk with Christ. Our words and how we use them are really, really powerful. One of the things that we're doing in this series uh, is uh, in, the, uh, in the side chapel uh, through there, um, we've actually got uh, various ways, if you wish, uh, to write um, to, uh, to people to encourage them. Uh, our series, uh, our message Uh, To the saints, this is what Ephesians is a message to the saints. Um, Is we want to encourage you as saints to send messages to other people, encouraging them. Uh, So we've got uh, a kind of uh, paper in there, really nice uh, paper, and uh, envelopes. If you want to write any letters to anybody, uh, you can use that space in there to do that. Pop them in the envelope. We've got a post box in there. You can pop them in the post box, and uh, we will make sure they get a stamp on and that they are sent. It doesn't have to be a long thing, it could just be very, very brief. Thank you so much or this, that, or the other, or whatever it might be, or encouraging them. I want to encourage you in your faith. Write it, put it in an envelope, pop it in. I know that for me, sometimes I've written letters and then I just never get around to posting them. So pop it in the post box. We've got a beautiful red post box. Thank you, Kerry. Um, uh, Do pop them in there and we'll make sure they get posted. If letter writing is not your thing, we've also got a text chair in there should you feel a bit awkward texting in the middle of a service. If you want to go in there, we've got a beanbag as well. I think we've got an email beanbag or something like that. So do go in there if you want to. Send an email on your phone or text on your phone just to say, I want to encourage somebody. Do have a look after the service uh, if you you wish. Or um, after you come for communion, if you wish to go in there and write something to somebody, you're welcome uh, to use that space to do that then. So truth, anger, theft, speech. And finally, he lists a whole load of stuff. Finally, a kind of miscellaneous. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. He's talking anger here in terms of overwhelming anger, like rage. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. That's the old self. Yes, final time, thank you. That's the old self. Instead, the new self is to be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving one another. So on the one hand, thank you, so on the one hand, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling and slander and malice. And on the other hand, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. And finally, the renewing of your mind. Andy, I'm very sorry, you're going to need to stop looking at the globe and throw it to someone else. Final one. (laughs) Who's going to be brave? Yes, well done. Why? Because Christ forgave you. The ultimate renewing of our mind is that we have been shown kindness. We have been shown kindness by Jesus. We've been shown compassion by Jesus. That is why we should show it to other people. In a world of lies, Christ, who is truth personified walked among us we deserved God's anger his wrath against sin yet we didn't need to experience it because Jesus took that on himself when others came to take and steal from us Jesus came only to give to us and Jesus comes speaking the truth only what is kind compassionate and uplifting for us I did a wedding uh, here yesterday. Uh, You might have seen from some of the foliage uh, around the walls and uh, some of the confetti uh, outside. And part of the key thing uh, for the the wedding and the marriage uh, service is saying to people, do you know, if you're struggling to know what it means to love each other or struggling to know uh, what that means in reality in the future, the key person to look at is the person of Jesus. He models to each of us. Not just modeling, but actually he did it for us. He died for us. And that is what gives us our internal identity and our value and our worth, in order that we may then go and bless other people and live in this way, taking off the old and putting on the new, with the renewing of our minds. If I can ask the music, uh, the team Ben and uh, Antonia, if you're happy to happy to come up. Um, they're going to uh, play uh, something for us, and uh, I'm going to pray um, as they play, uh, and I just encourage you just to ha- spend this time having a, having a ponder about some of the things uh, we talked about, where maybe in your life are there areas where you need the renewing of your mind, um, or are there any particular areas that are on the screen that you think, actually, uh, I really need to put off the old and put on the new in that place in my life. I'm going to just pray that God, through his Spirit, may bring those things uh, to mind and may help us to take off the old and put on the new. Okay, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you came to die for us and that through that we have a new identity in you. And Lord, I pray that you may be showing us maybe areas of our life where we need to uh, take the step to live a life worthy of the calling that we have received. In this time, Lord, I pray by your spirit, maybe might you bring to mind, uh, or even as I've been speaking, have brought to mind some of the areas in our life where we need to make an effort to take off the old and to put on the new. Paul says, I. Paul, in the start of this passage, says, I insist on it in the Lord that you do this. So, Spirit, I pray, guide us, lead us, just as we take a moment to reflect. Ask in your name. Amen. Should we stand together and sing the words of that chorus together? us through the words of communion um, that remind us of uh, God's great love for us and uh, what he did for us on the cross. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. It is right to praise you, Father, Lord of all creation. In your love, you made us for yourself. And when we turned away, you did not reject us, but came to meet us in your Son. You embraced us as your children and welcomed us to sit and eat with you. In Christ, you shared our life that we might live in him and he in us. He opened his arms of love upon the cross and made for all the perfect sacrifice for sin. On the night he was betrayed at supper with his friends, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His body is the bread of life. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, we do this in remembrance of him. His blood is shed for all. As we proclaim his death and celebrate his rising in glory, send your Holy Spirit that this bread and this wine may be to us the body and blood of your dear son. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ, our risen Lord, with your whole church. Throughout the entire world, we offer you this sacrifice of praise and lift our voice to join the eternal song of heaven, saying together, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Would you like to sit or kneel as we come to pray the prayer that our Saviour taught us? So we pray together. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. In a moment, uh, you'll have an opportunity, if you wish, to come forward uh, and receive communion. I'm going to be standing at the front of the table here um, with uh, the breads, and there'll be people here uh, with the wine uh, behind the table, should you come forward. We welcome anyone who knows and loves Jesus as their Lord and Saviour to come forward for communion. Um, But uh, if it's not appropriate for you, if you prefer not to receive communion today, that's fine as well. You might want to stay in your seats, or you may wish to come forward, keep your hands by your side, and I'd love to pray uh, just a brief blessing uh, upon you. We use alcoholic wine, but we have got non-alcoholic if that's what you'd prefer. Just let the person serving uh, the the wine know, and uh, they'll be happy uh, to give you the non-alcoholic cup. So draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you. And feed on him in your hearts, by faith, with thanksgiving. The people who are helping with the wine will be happy to come up. And as they come up, just... uh, just to say during this uh, time there will be space uh, for you to spend time thinking and praying, reading over that passage uh, if you wish. Um, or you may wish, as I mentioned earlier, to go into the side chapel and to have a look what's in there if that, that would be uh, of help to you.